Hey, honeys. What's up, honeys? Welcome back to another episode of Empowerment Honey. This week, we have a special guest. Um, You guys will get to hear a ton about her in a little bit. But before we get into that, we are going to give you our weekly updates. So, Ellie, how have you been this past week? Um, So, not going to lie, after Remy left... I was so tired. I don't know. With him, we just stay up really late, but I was still like waking up at my weekday, like routine schedule time. So I just did not get enough sleep. And then I picked up a shift at work. So I worked six days in a row. So I was like super exhausted. And the thought of working out in the mornings was just not (laughs) as appealing as it normally is. Um, So I took it a lot easier on my workouts because I could tell like my body needed the rest. Um, And then as for eating, I've been just getting like those salad kits that you can get at Target, you know, and just like adding my own protein to it. And then um, snacking on a lot of fruits. Um, I just found these crackers there today. They're called Good Thins. You can have 38 crackers for 120 calories, which is crazy. Yeah. So they're really like small crackers. So I wouldn't say use them for a charcuterie board or anything, but like maybe like top soups with them or something. Um, other than that, I also haven't been journaling as much or reading as much this week. Um, I feel like everything got a little thrown off (laughs) when Remy was here. (laughs) So I'm like trying to find my way back into my routine. So hopefully this coming week, it'll be a lot easier to stick to a routine, but that's what's going on for my week. How about you, Elijah? Yeah, for sure. I personally like this last week has been kind of weird for me too. Like it's just been friends have kind of wanted to go out to eat or for drinks this last week Mm -hmm. um especially because north dakota is like nearing pretty much a lockdown like we just got 50 percent for restaurants and closing early so we definitely kind of have been enjoying ourselves but earlier this last week we bought like they had this deal at their grocery store and you can fill up a paper bag full of like vegetables for twenty dollars so we jammed it full of like lettuce salad kits peppers um cucumbers just everything radishes yeah so we made Um, which grocery store is that at hugo's okay yep so they do it like a few times a year um and we actually randomly just went there and they had that deal going on and then so this last week we i think three nights or maybe for lunch one day we made just like a big salad. So it's not one of the salad kits, but it just had like um, different types of lettuce in there. And then uh, we put in like green peppers, we did cucumbers, we did radishes. Um, So just kind of doctored that salad, salad up and then put our dressing on it. And then we ate that as like one big side. And then Um, I guess we ate a ton of vegetables this week because of uh, that deal. So that was good. We had we split a steak, um, a nice big juicy steak, and girl, just, you're eating good over there. Yeah, <laughs> yes, yes. We had we did make um, some really good meals this week, um, and then I feel like there was another meal 
that we had. I don't quite remember, but we ate pretty well. And then this weekend we kind of ate kind of crappy. So I feel like it kind of evened out, but yeah, yeah, I need to go grocery shopping, but the stores were horrendous this weekend. So many people out. Yeah. It was crazy. And then probably stocking up in case of the lockdown. Yeah. So I don't know. I need to go grocery shopping tomorrow. I couldn't do it yesterday or yeah, the weekend. So yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. Um, so funny that you're over there eating tons of veggies. I don't know <laughs> what it is. I just have not been in the mood for veggies. So when I was at Target today, I picked up, they have these super greens. It's just like a scoop of like a bunch of green yep. veggies or, um, yeah, veggies, fruits. It's like powder. Yeah. It's a powder. Yeah. You can, um, drink it with water, stir it into water, stir it, make a juice or smoothie out of it. Um, and it's one full serving of veggies. And I'm like, I really need to start my mornings with this. Cause I don't know why I just can't get them. I just keep making meals that don't have them, which is weird, but yeah, we do veggies. Like, um, we don't like substitute veggies for like pasta or anything, but we always make like a big side of veggies. And usually we yeah. love like Uh, I'm not a big fan of broccoli, but we got broccoli and it wasn't too bad, but we do a lot of like, um, in the oven or on the grill, like Brussels sprouts, like carrots, um, different things like that, that you can like bake. Uh, but yeah, we, we always cook with veggies. Um, but I would think that that would be another good alternative for people that maybe don't like veggies as much as doing like super greens or super foods, whatever it's called. Yeah. Um, yeah, it is. I mean, I like them. I just don't know what I just need to buy them. Every time I buy <laughs> them, I like even prep like onions and peppers and all of that. And then I'm like, mm, cheese quesadilla for dinner and I just <laughs> don't put anything in it. I don't know. That's what so I'm like- doing tonight for supper. I'm so at the grocery store they had, and they probably have them other places, but it's just ground chicken. And then they have different flavors and they the one that I am having tonight is the fajita flavor and so I'm going to cut up peppers and onions and then make like a fajita yeah Yeah. and probably just put it in like a tortilla I don't think I have any more like um of the I think they're called like Joe's wraps or something like that I don't remember what oh yes Joseph's wraps yeah I don't have any more of those but otherwise I would eat them with that so I'm just gonna have a tortilla with them tonight I think um sounds good yeah. All right. That's it for this week's update. Um, so now we're going to get into the episode with Miranda. I just want to put it up top that we do talk about um, some possible triggering things for people that are dealing with mental health. Um, we'll be talking about depression, anxiety, um, and a few other things that go along with mental health. So if you're not in the right place, uh, maybe skip this week's episode. But for everyone that just needs to know a little bit more about mental health, we'll be talking a lot about different tools to help cope um, with some mental health struggles. So I'm really excited about this episode. And I think it's an episode that we definitely need to do for everyone out there. So without further ado, Uh, Let's welcome Miranda. 
Hey guys, um, today we have a very special guest. She's actually my old college roommate. Uh, her name is Miranda Gardner. Uh, she is originally from St. Augustine, Florida, but she now lives in Minnesota with her boyfriend and her very adorable but sometimes annoying cat, Tim. <laughs> <laughs> I uh, had the pleasure of living with him for a little bit, so I got to know Tim very well. Um, but anyway, she graduated from, or she graduated from UND with a bachelor's in sociology and a minor in women and gender studies. She now works as a mental health practitioner at an IRTS facility, and that stands for Intensive Residential Treatment Services. It's an inpatient setting for adults recovering from severe and persistent mental illnesses and chemical dependency. So today we're going to talk to her about all things mental health and wellness um so thank you miranda for being on here hello and let's get into the episode hello hello i'm super excited i'm super honored to be on with you guys today awesome well we are so proud to have you here and this is exciting for me especially because <laughs> you're my roommate and i got to see you go through all of your classes and now i get to see you grow up and be this professional in the mental health um world so it's just exciting for me too oh that's so sweet <laughs> <laughs> well, is there anything you'd like to add about yourself? Um, any other credentials that you'd like to add? Uh, if not, we'll get into some questions. So I definitely think that it would be kind of good to preface this and say that um, in terms of my professional career, I have been working in the mental health field for two years now, um, and I am currently in the process of getting my mental health practitioner two title. Um, but I would like to make it very clear that I, in the state of Minnesota, to be um, titled a mental health uh, professional, you would have to be licensed as a social worker um, in that sense. So I do want to just go ahead and put out there that I'm not licensed. This, what I'm going to be kind of talking about today is more of what I've seen in my experience personally and while I am working on site at the facility, but I am in no way uh, qualified to diagnose or um, anything like that. Perfect. Thank you. And I think we're just really excited just to kind of pick your brain about some different mental health issues. Um, so, yeah. Um, Ellie, do you want to start with um, the first question? Yeah, sure. All right. Well, hi, Mer. Hello. Here. Um, so we're going to start off with kind of an easy question. But so what made you want to get into the field that you're in today. So Elijah knows this pretty well. Um, this story, I just kind of also want to put it out there that this may be kind of triggering for some people. Um, the topic is a little bit heavier for some, so I just want to kind of put that label on it. Uh, my senior year of um, college at UND uh, in 2017, the fall semester, um, I actually got a message from a half-sister of mine through uh, my biological father that I didn't have a relationship with that he had actually died of an overdose. Um, and so I had basically say I feel like I've lost my biological dad to addiction twice uh, when I was really, really little. And addiction took away that relationship that I could have with him. And then unfortunately, in September 28th, 2017, he died of an opiate overdose. Um, and I think that that kind of really jump-started something in me where I felt called to 
basically do my best to be sure that not everybody ends up in the same situation that he did. Um, I know that his particular addiction um, and his choice of hard drugs was his way of coping with his mental illness, um, which is why I really like the treatment area that basically addresses both mental health and addiction. Um, that comorbidity piece is pretty, pretty big. You can't really address one without the other. Um, and Elijah was super supportive uh, when that piece kind of happened for me. She was, her and our other roommate, Bree, they were there like immediately making sure that I was okay. So I'm super thankful for that. Um, but that would kind of be, I guess, like a wake up call for me and what I knew that I was called to do. Wow. For sure. Thanks for sharing that, Mar. I think, um, there's definitely other people that are in that situation. And, you know, I was just happy that I could be there for you. Um, that's not anything uh, that anyone should go through. So thank you yeah, for sharing that. Um, so I guess getting to maybe a little bit lighter topic, what is the best part of your daily job? Honestly, um, the best part of my daily job is like watching the small victories for the people that I work with. Um, one thing that I felt that was really important for me to learn uh, right away when I first started was like recognizing that I wasn't necessarily going to be someone's saving grace. I wasn't necessarily going to see that life-changing moment for them. Um, but seeing the little victories throughout the day for somebody is like incredibly huge for me. Um, whether somebody's experiencing like a depressive episode and they were able to get up, shower and eat that day, like that's amazing. And, you know, and that makes my day way better. Um, it just showing the small progress that I can see my clients make throughout the day is kind of what really makes it worth it. That's probably the best thing for sure. Yeah. I, can only imagine that just seeing them progress like through just your daily talks with them and um things like that that those small victories definitely would be very rewarding for your job oh, yeah. so um how long do you typically work with a patient that like do they stay there like weeks at a time like i'm not super familiar with how that like works yep so the particular earth setting um it's so it is inpatient. It is a 90 day um, treatment program. It's pretty it's they okay. call it intensive because they have at least uh, three groups a day that address different areas of mental health and wellness and recovery. Um, and that even includes at least two groups on the weekends that allow that um, to happen for them. Those groups are required. Um, they also can't will attend psychiatry appointments, therapy appointments, um, things like that. And outside of groups, they're meeting with their primary counselors to work on uh, like other topics outside of that day. So somebody may be interested in working on anger management. So I might be doing anger management specific tasks with them outside of their groups. Um, okay. Yeah. So it's a 90 day program. Um, my particular facility, it's in an old apartment building. So it feels really homey. I mean, there's a li yeah, there's a living room, a kitchen, a dining room, um, different areas that they can hang out in. And then everybody gets their own room. Um, some people do have to have roommates, but it's not a hospital type setting. Um, okay. Yeah. So it's a little bit homier, but we have, we can have up to 16 people in our facility right now. Co-ed too. Oh, wow. I guess I thought, um, I didn't realize that it was like that small, but that probably makes it very helpful for people to really go through that yeah. process. Some, some facilities are definitely larger than others. Um, I, my first job out of college was at an Ertz facility in Virginia, Minnesota, and it was the same size, the 16 beds. 
which I think that the smaller okay. size is a lot more helpful. It's a lot less overwhelming. Yeah. And then, so like, um, what other like mental health issues do you work with, with people? Like, does it range from anywhere from addiction to, I know we're going to talk about like coping and body positivity, like what different aspects do you guys cover? So, um, we definitely do. So we work with adults with severe and persistent mental illness. Those are typically the little bit heavier diagnoses um, that could be anywhere from major depressive disorder to borderline personality disorder to schizophrenia. Um, you don't, okay. yeah, you don't necessarily have to be diagnosed with a chemical dependency diagnosis. Um, you could just be mental health or you could just be addiction. A lot of people that we serve have both. Um, and the addiction can range from alcoholism to heroin to meth. When we work with clients, we a lot of times it is working on how to cope with those extreme emotions, but some of it too could be like, hey, here are some healthy activities that you can engage in throughout your day so that whenever you're feeling a craving to use, you can turn to these like other options that may prevent you from using or giving into that craving. Um, we also encourage like healthy lifestyles, like healthy eating and exercising. A lot of our mental health curriculum is around understanding your diagnosis, understanding the symptoms of it, understanding the medications that can be helpful for you and how taking medications can be helpful if that's deemed necessary by your doctor. And then also um, how to kind of like different ways to cope with the interaction between addiction and mental health. Okay. Wow. Yeah. You guys do a little bit of everything. And I think that's great that you guys definitely pinpoint, um, like physical and mental, you know, wellness exercises and things like that. So I think like for me, and I'm sure for our listeners that that is very interesting. I guess I didn't even know fully what you did at your job, um, as well. Yeah, I definitely, I try not to, um, like talk about it like too much just because a lot of the people like that may be on my Facebook have like For sure. really negative opinions about addiction. Um, so I don't put it out there too much because a lot of people may see addicts as somebody who doesn't necessarily deserve to have that kind of help or to have that kind of treatment or that it's a life that they asked for. So I try to kind of keep it a little bit on like the low uh, because I want to avoid having that kind of like conflict with somebody if that makes sense yeah for sure yeah definitely so how do you help people cope from a mental aspect so it definitely depends um some people may have a good time cope like a, an easier time coping with anxiety versus depression right because those mm -hmm. those severe like negative emotions and those particular diagnoses can have different impacts on you um a lot of the coping strategies that I work on um, personally or in my job or that I would suggest to others kind of involve both, um, maybe address both sides. So a lot of good coping skills would involve like distraction skills, which would be engaging in something that you really enjoy, whether that be reading, watching TV, uh, coloring, drawing, um, any type of arts and crafts, something like that. Uh, another really good area that I tend to turn to when I'm working with my clients would be grounding skills. Um, grounding skills involve 
when you're dealing with extreme feelings of anxiety, sometimes I know for me specifically, I get really wrapped up in my head when I'm very anxious and I start to have these mm-hmm. racing thoughts and I start to, Elijah knows this very well, I'll have these racing thoughts and then I'll just come <laughs> up like, oh my God, the worst possible option is going to happen. And she's like, girl, chill. <laughs> um, but like somebody who may get wrapped up in those thoughts, um, grounding skills allow you to reconnect yourself with your, like reconnect your mind to your body. And when you're reconnected to your body, you're reconnected to your environment. And it kind of gr- brings you a little bit back to earth. Um, uh, what, um, just if you have more, you can um, talk about that too. But can you just talk a little bit about what grounding skills are? Yeah, yeah. In case people don't know. So grounding skills involve a lot of like sensory things. Um, One really good way to engage in a grounding skill would be to basically do the five senses. And you can do them in any order, whichever one's easier. Sometimes being in your house, it's a little bit easier to find five things that you can taste than it would be if you were out in public, right? Um, Mm -hmm. But you could do five things that you see, four things that you hear, and you say these to yourself, uh, three things that you can touch, two things that you can smell, and one thing that you can taste, and you can mix them up as as needed um, throughout your day. If you find that uh, it's easier for you to do five things that you can touch or you find that more soothing, Another grounding skill that I really like to use would be, okay, I'm outside. I'm going to bring myself back to my environment. And the best way for me to do that would be to call out certain things that I see. So I'm going to count how many blue cars do I see passing by me? And you would kind of count those out. Um, and while it sounds it sounds very elementary, uh, but the whole point is to bring you back to reality. It's to get you out of that spiral that you may be in. Um, so once you've calmed down, it allows you to kind of work through what you may like and process what you may be feeling. Um, another good grounding skill is a lot of people will touch their fingertips to their thumbs and they'll start counting or say the ABCs too. Oh, wow. Yeah. I did not know about this at all. And I'm very similar to you, Miranda. I like kind of spiral too, especially when I'm going through like an anxiety episode. Yeah. And I've never heard that for like how to cope with anxiety. So that is actually super useful. So thank you for yeah, talking yeah. about that and breaking it down and giving us like different options of how to use it. Yeah. And one thing that's really important while you're doing it is to make sure that you're breathing. Um, okay. A lot of, and, and breathing steadily. So anxiety, sometimes you can either A, hold your breath or B, you can start hyper, hyperventilating. So mm-hmm. one thing that's really good to do when you're anxious is breathing through the nose and out through the mouth. And you want to count like five seconds each. And just okay. maintaining that. And that's called mindful breathing. Uh, when you're mindful of how your breath is, it allows you to steady your breath. And sometimes it can allow you to lower your heart rate. Um, and so those techniques, they're not necessarily meant to help process the situation that may be causing mm-hmm. you anxiety. It's meant to get you down to your baseline where then you're in a more stable place to be able to process what's going on. Yeah, I think that's extremely helpful. I know, you know, I think everyone definitely deals with touches of anxiety and maybe depression and other mental issues. Um, So I think that just incorporating some of those grounding skills or understanding what they are in case you do feel like you need them. I think 
that is a very key point for myself, especially. Um, so thank you. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so you talked about this already, but, um, do you have any other coping skills that you teach your clients um, other than the grounding skills? So we definitely, I definitely lean a lot on the breathing piece. Um, that's okay. pretty, pretty big because anxiety, your breathing can kind of go out of control. Um, in terms of coping with like depression, um, sometimes when you're feeling depressed, you feel really stuck. Um, you start to ask yourself, well, what am I really doing? Is it really worth all the effort that I'm putting in? You know, like I, nothing I'm doing is working, like nothing is worth it. I don't want to be here anymore. Um, and one thing that I have found and some of my clients have found to be really helpful when you're experiencing like depressive symptoms is to set very small and attainable goals for yourself. Um, and then also something that I found very, very helpful is something called the spoon theory. Um, it's a very visual way to imagine like how, how much, how much of my emotional capacity do I have to give today? Um, you can wake up one day and you can wake up one day with 10 spoons or you can wake up with 20 spoons and everything you do can either cost or give you spoons, um, on days that you're feeling more depressed you may be waking up with 10 spoons but it might cost you five spoons to get out of bed and take a shower so now you only have five spoons for the rest of the day um and so that's when you would want to engage in activities that might bring you joy um where ellie i know that you really really love to read i've definitely been hearing that uh, while listening to your podcast so you might yes. find yeah so you might wake up one day and you might have 10 spoons and things just might be really really hard for you and you may read a few chapters of, you know, the current book that you're reading and that might give you some more spoons. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, okay. Elijah, you love taking Archie to the dog park. When you're feeling depressed, yes. you want to engage in something that brings you a little bit of joy. Um, another thing that's really important when you are dealing with depressive symptoms or emotions like that is setting those smaller goals for yourself. You may have thought to yourself some great thing where you're like, oh, I'm going to wake up tomorrow and I'm going to go to the grocery store and I'm going to clean my house and I'm going to do this, that, and the other. And then you wake up and you're like, oh my gosh, I feel like I've been hit by a train. Um, recognizing that everything you do is a small accomplishment makes you not only feel that instant gratification, but also makes you feel like you're productive. So give yourself a round of applause if you're able to get up and take a shower or brush your teeth or eat a meal. You know what I mean? just kind of setting those goals where you feel like you are doing something productive because you are. But when you set a massive goal of I'm going to clean my entire house and all you do is take a shower for the day, you don't really feel like you've made it that far. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And definitely those other skills that I've mentioned for like when you're feeling anxious are also helpful when you're feeling depressed. Yeah, I think that will definitely... Um, like I will definitely think of using those coping skills because I liked what you said, you know, do things that make you happy. It makes you, you know, give yourself some more spoons for the day. If maybe that day is just not going a hundred percent, like obviously do things that make you happy, but you know, you have to look at it like that. Um, yeah, I just loved everything that you said about that. Yeah, me too. Absolutely. That was really great advice and I've never looked at it that way so to hear it from that perspective like it really just kind of changes your mind about how like 
depression is for certain people, you know? Yeah. And yeah, this is just really great advice. Well, thank you. (laughs) (laughs) Awesome. So let's shift gears a little bit. And I would like to talk to you a little bit about body positivity. Um, And this first question is going to be a little bit more broad, and then we'll go into some other specifics. But how do you help others with body positivity? So first and foremost, the first step that I take with anybody who may be having a hard time with self-confidence or body positivity is practicing self-compassion. Um, self-compassion is not something that a lot of people have heard of. Sometimes it just kind of, it never really occurs to people to be nice to yourself, right? The, hard, the person that you are the hardest on is always can, going to be yourself. Um, and some really good ways to practice self-compassion would be if you are thinking or saying something to yourself that may be negative or you're having that automatic negative like thought of, oh, I hate the way that my hair looks. I hate the way that my body looks. I don't feel good. I don't feel good about yourself myself is asking yourself, how would you respond if your friend was saying that about them? And if you are that supportive, encouraging, uplifting hype girl for your friend, then you need to look yourself in the mirror and you need to have the same speech for yourself. And if looking in the mirror is hard for you, you just have to practice telling yourself those things. And it sounds super cheesy and sometimes it might sound really like self-centered, but you have to be, you know, sometimes it's good to be self-centered about, about you because that's a healthy relationship to have with yourself. Um, Another really important thing with self-compassion is recognizing that you also need to be patient and forgiving of yourself. You know, we're patient for other people throughout their days. We, if somebody makes a mistake, we think to ourselves like, oh, well, maybe they're just having a hard day today. Like, I'm not going to hold it against them. And that patience is something that we should be able to have for ourselves, where if you make a mistake, you can tell yourself, you know what? It's okay. I'm human. And tomorrow I'll wake up and I'll try to do it again. And I'll try to do it a little better. Um, And it's the same thing as forgiveness. You may forgive a friend for saying something negative. You may forgive a family member. You may forgive somebody for making a mistake as well. Um, But we really hold that grudge against ourselves when we find ourselves doing those things. And we have to really be conscious of forgiving ourselves for doing those. Um, Until you are compassionate with yourself, having a positive body image is going to be a lot more of a challenge. Yeah, I... I really like that. I love the term, the terminology of self-compassion. Um, I personally definitely do not give myself probably all of those, you know, I definitely have negative thoughts sometimes when I look in the mirror. So I think having a different perspective, exactly what you said, you know, if I were saying that, or I wouldn't say that to a friend, you know, I would um, give them, you know, comp- compliments. Yeah. So yeah, and for I sure I think that, and huge. I definitely think Elijah, you remember anytime I ever heard you or Bree say something negative, I'm like bursting into your room, and I'm like, hold up, <laughs> you're a liar. <laughs> yes, just yes. <laughs> oh, Mers, Mers definitely, Mer is and always will be the hype oh, girl for sure. Yes, <laughs> I love that. That's so sweet. Um, 
speaking of like just like looking in the mirror and saying like you're beautiful or like I love myself stuff like that I'll never forget like back in elementary school I don't know who did it but someone wrote like little sticky notes that said like you're beautiful or just like cheesy little things like that all around the mirror and I'm like wow this is so sweet like it just makes you feel so much better so like to Elijah and our listeners maybe even doing like a little sticky note on your mirror just saying like I'm beautiful like something small like that could really help yes and that's a fantastic thing to do too because sometimes it's hard to say it to yourself it's hard to look in the mirror when you're feeling down and finding something about yourself that you may like so that's 100% something that I've even suggested to people before is put positive affirmations on sticky notes around your home whether it's in the bathroom whether it's in the car maybe you have a little compact mirror or you have a palette mirror put it on your palette mirror when you're doing your makeup 100 it sounds cheesy but it's so so incredibly helpful to have those reminders yeah and i think you know we talk about like journaling and things like that and i like to write down 10 things that i'm grateful for and i think a big part of that is writing you know some of those 10 things are things that i'm grateful for about myself Mm -hmm. i'm grateful for you know um nice teeth like it can be things as simple Mm -hmm. as that things that i you know love in myself um different features or like who i am so i think definitely words of affirmation um, towards yourself are great. And that's something that I challenge a lot of the people that I work with to do. Um, Sometimes positive self-image doesn't necessarily have to be about your looks. Um, Having a positive self-image is a holistic ideal. Um, It's not just about appearance. It's about our personalities and our character and our morals and values. And one thing that I challenged um, a lot of the people that I work with to do, and I try to challenge myself to do too, is every morning when you are getting up, whether you are showering, doing your makeup or getting dressed or whatever it is, whatever your routine is, is you want to engage in positive self-talk. That doesn't have to be a positive affirmation about your looks. It could just be, you know, I'm a really gracious person or I'm very determined or I am generous. I'm funny. I'm nice. I have nice hair, anything along those lines. You want to have every morning where you have that moment to yourself where you're engaging in that positive self-talk. Sometimes you can say it out loud. If that's easier for you, you can think it to yourself, but every morning try to make that part of your routine wherever you feel that it would fit. Okay. Yeah. I think that definitely makes sense. Yeah. And we definitely need to be. Yeah. I definitely found I was kind of building up my self-confidence that way. Um, Mm -hmm. Especially when you find yourself comparing to others, you know? Yes. Yeah. And I think that leads me into like another question. Um, Sorry, Ellie, it was your turn to ask a question, but I just (laughs) wanted to kind of get into this. That's totally fine. Don't worry about it. So, you know, with social media and comparing ourselves to other, um, what causes those negative thoughts and how can we kind of overcome that um, in other ways, um, especially with social media nowadays? So kind of the root for those automatic like negative thoughts um, or those snap judgments that we could be making about ourselves. It's definitely different for every person. 
Um, some individuals might find that they don't necessarily like their smile. So they'll be on Instagram and they'll see some influencer smiling. And then all of a sudden they start to have these like snap judgments about themselves. I know for me, it was my weight for the longest time. That's what I really struggled with for the longest time. Or like my nose, I used to be really insecure about my nose. Um, it could even be lifestyle. You could see somebody eating healthy or posting a healthy meal and you start to have these snap judgments of like, I eat like crap, so I feel like crap. Those sources of negative thoughts is definitely different for everybody, but I think overall we could all agree that magazines are touched up, models are touched up, movie stars are touched up, and those people have the money to get whatever they need to look perfect. And when we don't have those resources or we're seeing those pictures that have been photoshopped 50 times over, it's hard to distinct that from reality. Um, and so one thing, I really liked the tip that you guys had, I believe it was a few episodes ago, where it was unfollowing pages that made you feel negative about yourself. So if you saw, you know, if you follow an influencer, or if you like Kylie or Kendall Jenner, and you're seeing them, and you're like, wow, they look perfect, and you know that they're plastic, but they look perfect, unfollowing those people can remove that or distance yourself from that by unfollowing individuals that may have you feeling negative about yourself. Um, one exercise that I have been engaging in recently, and Elijah, I know that I told you this, um, was yeah. anytime that I saw somebody that I thought looked perfect and I immediately had that snap judgment about myself, I stopped myself and I said, wait, no, I really like this part of myself. And I immediately told myself what I liked about myself, whether it was one thing or three things. I immediately had to list something that I liked about myself. And I felt that that kind of built my confidence too, where I wasn't necessarily, I stopped comparing myself as much to people. Yeah, I really like that. And I think everyone can practice that um, through social media, someone that they see, you know, in Target, you know, just, oh, they, you know, you say something, you know, like, oh, I wish I had hair like her. And you recognize that and then you applaud yourself for something about, yeah, you know, who you. So, yeah, I think that's a great um, skill or I guess not really skill, but a great thing to think about when there's other people that or other people that you like wish or hope. Yeah, to for be. sure. Especially social media nowadays, just everybody thinking that they have to present themselves as perfect. You know, I make no mistakes. I do no wrong. Um, and you find yourself falling short of whatever that expectation may be of perfection and righteousness. And you feel yourself falling short of that. It's even good to remind yourself that a lot of that's not real. A lot of that is not based in mm -hmm. reality. Yeah. Um, I actually shared this photo on Facebook last week that relates to this. It was a picture of an apple in a mirror. So in the front, you see the apple just looking like, like a beautiful red juicy apple. But then behind it, the part where you don't see in the mirror, there's a huge chunk bitten out of it. Yeah. And it's just kind of like you only see one side of someone's life through social media. You don't see everything that they're not posting or talking about. Yeah. So we definitely forget about that as well yeah people only post the good things that are happening right 
like a lot of especially yes. those influencers like or those models they will only post the things that are either a gonna make them money or b make them look perfect because not a lot of people want to share what's going on behind closed doors especially when yeah. they have to put on this image of perfection mm -hmm. and i think when you share things on social media too like yourself i think that we should take that in con to consideration as well you know maybe posting something that um, is a little bit more down to earth than always posting 100% the positive things I don't know maybe that's the wrong thing to say I I guess I don't 100% know because I mean with social media it's so hard like you don't want to post about the bad things but sometimes people need to understand that you aren't 100% perfect and your life isn't 100% you know always smiles and celebrations. Yeah, and I think too that like I'm hoping one day that that becomes a movement that we can actually start to see some change in how social media operates because I think it reminds everybody that we're all human. Um, but not mm -hmm. only that, but it also allows us to basically claim accountability for what's going on in our lives and kind of putting that out there and saying like, hey, you know what? I'm not perfect and I do make mistakes. And if you showed that part of your life too, then maybe we wouldn't be running into this social media disaster of young girls trying to go on a diet at 12 years old because they're trying to look like Kendall Jenner, which don't get me wrong, she's beautiful, yeah. but you, we don't have to look like her to, to feel beautiful. You know what I mean? And if we, oh, yeah. yeah, and if we all just were able to kind of start that movement of putting out like the non-perfect part of our lives and being honest, um, then maybe we could see some changes, but you would have to convince a lot of people to do that. <laughs> <laughs> For sure. Yeah. And I, like, we talk about it a lot too, following people that make us feel good. You know, I think her name is Mick Zizone. Is that how you pronounce it, Ellie? Yeah, Mick Zizone. Yeah, she talks about the good things and the bad things. She talks about, you know, today she's breaking out. Today she didn't eat 100% the way that she should have. Or, you know, it, she tells the real and raw side of her life and i know there's people on tiktok that i see do that as well and i just applaud them so much i don't know if i'm there yet to pick out all my imperfections but i hope one day that i can go on you know instagram and be like hey and but we have done that in the podcast like the other week i didn't eat or do exercises the way that i should have but i recognized that and then i fixed it like the next week mm -hmm. so yeah yeah exactly. i think that there should be a movement and i <laughs> will start yeah and i think a lot of that also kind of boils down to kind of understanding what vulnerability and shame is um, and how those two interact with each other and if you guys are ever looking for somebody who um, has a lot of information or a lot of really good insight on those two topics Brene brown is fantastic yes, yes. her i'm a fan of yes her. her tech talk on vulnerability literally changed my life like if you are not vulnerable with the people that you love and care about and who love and care about you, like you're not going to be able to like tap into that on like authentic self, you know? I really love her podcast. She has two, I think now, or she stopped doing her other one and now she has a new one and she is incredible. She does talk about vulnerability and so many other different topics that I think are very powerful. Yeah, she's fantastic. 
Awesome. Miranda, thank you so much. Um, that's all the questions that I have for you. Ellie, do you have any other last questions for her? Or Mer, do you have any other last things that you would want to say to our listeners? So I don't have anything specific to say um, per se, I guess. Um, one thing that I think would be really, really important to uh, put out there is um, whether you have a mental health diagnosis or you just find yourself struggling with those negative self, like those negative thoughts, those automatic snap judgments about yourself, or if you find yourself actually struggling with depression or anxiety or PTSD or anything like that is please, please recognize that recovery or growth is it's very, um, what's the best way to put it? It's a long road. Um, it's not going to be perfect the first time that you try it. Your migration with your mental health is going to take a little bit of time. Um, so that's where that self-compassion piece of patience comes in. You really, really need to be patient with yourself as you're going through this process and recognize that some days are going to be easier than others and that it's okay to have a hard day. It's perfectly fine to have a day where you just don't feel good about yourself. Don't push yourself to the point of a breakdown. Just tell yourself, you know what? I'm going to wake up tomorrow and I'm going to try to make tomorrow a little bit easier. And just recognize that that journey is going to take a little bit of time and also recognize that there is no finish line. There is always room for growth in, 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 in terms of yourself. Um, there is no final destination. There will always be a hurdle, but I know that you guys can jump over it and you can keep moving. Oh, Miranda, <laughs> that was, <laughs> yes, and that's so perfect. <laughs> oh, that <was> so <laughs> I think that's so perfect. Like you pretty much just narrowed down all of the episode into that one statement. Um, so thank you so much for coming on this podcast. Um, and I think there's going to be a lot of listeners that really take your words into consideration. Yeah, so, yeah, absolutely. Thank you, thank you. So much. Of course. You guys are the best. Thank you for having me on. <laughs> <laughs> you are also the best. All right. Well, we will say goodbye. Bye, Murray. Thank you so yeah, much. Absolutely. Thank you, guys. Wow. Thank you so much, Miranda, for joining us this week and talking to us a little bit about your own story with mental health and then sharing some awesome tips and tools for all of our listeners. I know myself and I'm sure Elijah has also gained a lot of insight on how to handle stress, anxiety, depression, and everything in between. So thank you so much again, Miranda. Thanks, Mer. All right, we are going to get into our tips for the week. Elijah, do you want to start with yours? Yes. Um, so my tip for this week is to go on Pinterest or go on Google and look at some copycat recipes for some of the favorite places that you like to eat out at. Uh, some examples for that are like, I've always liked, you know, the Big Macs or the cheeseburgers at... Uh, McDonald's and they have a ton of copycat Big Mac salads um, so it's kind of using like burgers and the sauces and the pickles and uh, things like that and just adding it uh, to a salad bowl and they make the dressing obviously healthier than probably what they have for the sauce on the Big Macs. Um, another one is uh, Panda Express's chicken. Um, I don't I think it's their orange chicken. There's a few different recipes, but um, kind of just making them 
healthier versions of what they would be when you go to a fast food restaurant. So that's my tip uh, for this week. Uh, It's something that I love to do uh, and love to see what I can create. Yes, I love that. Um, A few months ago, I actually did that. I made a keto copycat In-N-Out burger. And if you're in the Midwest and can't get In-N-Out, I swear it's a lot easier to make them if you can't. Um, So basically it was just like making the burger patty, um, then all the toppings and stuff, and you just wrap it in lettuce. So super easy. And I know Pinterest has the recipe because that's what I used for it. So I really love that idea, Elijah. Thank Um, you. So my tip for the week is getting a pack or going to Target and grabbing a bunch of different flavors of the sparkling ice. It has antioxidants and vitamins in it. There's zero sugar in each bottle is only five calories. I like to just drink them every other day or whenever I feel like just adding a little bit more than water into what I'm drinking. And then I came across the apple crisp flavor. It's super good. It tastes very similar to apple juice, but it's only five calories. And then I was thinking for the holidays, it would be great with adding an alcohol to it, making cocktails with it. Um, all the other sparkling ice flavors are really good too. So I would say they're really good mixers, um, especially with the holidays coming up and trying to keep the drink calories low. I highly suggest those. And then another tip that I just thought of is I've been super into soups lately and (laughs) like, I just want soup all the time. I'm probably eating that for dinner again tonight. Um, but Progresso has light soup. So a majority of the whole cans are like 150 to 160 calories, super good, great, quick, easy meal. You could do like your own soup and salad for lunch or soup and sandwich for lunch and cut down a lot of calories with the light Progressos. And I know you can definitely find them at Target and probably any grocery store. Yes. I love the Progresso soups. I, when I wasn't feeling the best, um, I don't even know when the last time it was, but I was drinking those soups and they are so good. I think I got like a vegetable broth one and then I got, yeah. And then I got a chicken noodle one. And like, if you do need it, like need some carbs too. just one piece of bread with like some light butter is so good dipped in with it. That's like one of my favorite meals when I'm not feeling the best. So yeah, I, I totally agree. Yes. I love those. Awesome. And then, uh, did you want to share like a quote this week, Ellie? Yes. So this week, me and Elijah found this quote that we really like. It has to do with mental health. Um, So I'm going to share that now. What we don't need in the midst of struggle is shame for being humans. And this was said by Brene Brown. Um, I just think it's a great quote because at the end of the day, we are all humans. We all make mistakes. We all face our own battles. Um, so we really shouldn't shame others for their addictions, their problems, their mistakes, anything else that they're going through because life is tough, especially during these pandemic times. Yes. I love that. I love that quote. And I love what you said, um, about it too. I think, uh, you guys should reflect on that quote and, um, kind of just try to lift your spirits up in this time for sure. So 
thank you guys so much for another great week. Uh, we can't wait to come back next week. Next week's going to be a special holiday episode. Yes. So <laughs> definitely tune in. We're going to give you some great tips and tricks for the holidays. Um, yeah. Okay. Bye, honeys. Have a good week. Bye, honeys. Come on.